Hey, welcome everyone. So good to have all of you at all of our churches this morning. I am excited that you're with us for our second week in our series entitled Winning the War in Your Mind. And uh, let me just tell you, I'm also excited because during this sermon series, all the conversations that are happening throughout the week, because throughout the week, many of you are discussing this in your small groups and man, just been getting a lot of good feedback of how this first week has really started already having great impact and creating great discussions in your group. And let me just say, if you're in a small group at one of our churches and your leader is not taking your group through this discussion with us, uh, you can get the discussion guides for this. You can download them yourself and just kind of, if you want a deeper processing, more spiritual growth through the process, on your own, you can go to rivertown.cc forward slash messages and you'll find the discussion guides there and you can download them and you can do even more insert or research basically and just kind of do like, okay, God, I want you to take me to the next step, right? And if you're an overachiever, which many of you are here at RCC and you say, okay, I won't even go more into this. Let me recommend this uh, resource right here that this whole sermon series is based on. It's Craig Rochelle's latest book, Winning the War in Your Mind. And if you've been at RCC, for any length of time, you know I don't promote a lot of books, but I'm just telling you this one is one of the best tools that I've ever seen to help us win the war in our minds. So I promise you it would be worth you grabbing a copy of this book. There's also a workbook out about it. So if you want to take and grab that as well to help you go deeper and ground yourself and just really build a foundation for winning the war in your mind. So let's just dive into this week's conversation Last week, when we finished up our conversation, uh, we discovered that your mind is the most powerful tool that you have. We said, many of us don't realize that, but your mind is the most powerful tool that you have to determine the direction and the quality of your life. In fact, we learned this last week, that most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. In fact, as Solomon said in almost 700 BC, he says, be careful what you think. In other words, don't be careless, but be very careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. And as we said last week, many of you, you think somebody else runs your life. You think your spouse runs your life, or you think your boss runs your life, or your parents run your life, or your, or your coworkers or your or classmates. You think somebody else runs your life, but he says, no, you got to be really careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. And scientists, especially over the last 30-something years, they have confirmed this. They have confirmed that you have these neural pathways that are formed by the thoughts that you think. And those neural pathways, they're like roads or they're like paths that are in your mind. So the more that you think a thought over and over, the more or the smoother that road becomes and the easier it is for you to think that thought again and again and again whenever you're in a similar situation or maybe even the same kind of situation. So this is why we say that your life is really a reflection of the sum total of your thoughts. Or another way to put it is this, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so last week's application, or you could say homework, if you will, it was to begin a mental audit of your thoughts and decide which one of your strongest negative thoughts that you needed to take into captivity. In fact, that's how the Apostle Paul said it. He said, we're to take into captivity every thought and we're to line it up with what God really says to us and what God says about us. 
So you were began to begin identifying your strongest thought, that stronghold, that lie that Satan has used to try to shape the direction of your life because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And here's why that is important, is you can't defeat what you don't define. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna pick up where we left off during this week, and that is we're, we're gonna help you continue this mental audit or this mental evaluation to help us figure out what kind of thoughts are really dominating our minds. So everybody ready for a little bit of a evaluation or an audit? audit? So you're gonna do this as self-audit. Don't do this on the person sitting beside you. Do this on yourself, right? So here's the first question. Would you say that your mind is more often, is it more consumed by worry or peace? If you would think of your mind on a scale during the day, throughout the day, are your thoughts filled with anxiety, stress, fear, those kind of things, worry? Is this where your mind's at? Or, or do you have this real sense of peace because you've trusted God with all your concerns. You've handed all your concerns over to him. So think about what comes out of your mouth during the day. Are you worried about your health? Are you worried about your kids? Are you worried about the economy? See, the, the direction, what is the direction that's really dominating your thoughts? Which direction are your thoughts taking you? Or, or do you think more about this peace aspect that the truth that God is with you and that God is in control and you can trust him? So, so put yourself somewhere, evaluate yourself somewhere on this trust scale. Or here's the next one. Would you say that your thoughts are more negative or positive? Do, do you find yourself complaining a lot? Do you find yourself assuming that things aren't gonna work out? Do you expect the worst to happen? Do you wake up and expect it's just gonna be a bad day? In other words, you're thinking, oh, it's gonna be so busy today and that person's gonna be so hard to work with and I wish I didn't have to go to work and I've gotta do this. Or do you have an attitude that I get to do this and God is with me and God has a plan for me today and he's going to be with me and he's gonna be around me today. So which way do your thoughts process the most? Put yourself on this attitude scale. And then there's one more category that I want you to think about and that is this. Are your thoughts more temporary or are your thoughts more eternal focused? Do, do you think mostly about what you have or what you want or what you don't have, but you really wish that you had? Do you think more about what you wear or what you look like or what other people are thinking about you? Or do you think about things that are bigger than and beyond you, about the purpose that God has for your life, the calling that he has on your life, about the life and the gifts and the resources that he's given you to manage and invest in something else that is gonna outlive you? Put yourself on this perspective scale. Do you think more temporary? And if you do, you probably get caught up in all the news and, and you're always living in this fear cycle. Or do you think more on the eternal? And I can just tell you 
These things are so worth reflecting on. And here's the thing. If you find yourself on the negative side of the scale, on the wrong side of the scale, you most likely have some thoughts that you need to change. You, need some, you have some paths that need to be routed, rerouted in your brain. You have some lies that you need to demolish and tear down and replace with the truth from God's word. In fact, as we said last week, all of us, we tend to believe certain lies that hold us back. And, and we don't realize that until we start talking about it and so we, until we start doing these audits because they're lies. And you know why we believe lies? Because lies are deceptive and we buy into those lies and they control us as if they were truth. But the good news is you can demolish, as we learned last week, and you can destroy those lies and you can, and you can change these destructive ways of thinking with God's help through his divine power. And if you were not here last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's talk because we really lean into what does it mean to have God's divine power? It's really the foundation for this whole series of talks. In fact, last week, we learned that the Apostle Paul discovered it in his own personal journey that he was able to win the war in his mind by identifying God's truth and tapping in to God's divine power. So we learn that the Apostle Paul said, hey, the victory in your mind, it starts by recognizing the truth of what God says about you and what God says to you. And here's why this is so important, because the reality is we have to recognize that God's truth is objective truth. In other words, God's truth is like the law of gravity. It's true for all people in all places in all times. So your value, your worth, your identity, your gifting, your ability to grow and change and be transformed, it can be based on this objective truth of what God says about you and what God says to you because it is true for you, it's true for all people, for all times, and for all places. And once you accept God's objective truth, what happens is God's truth, it becomes your anchor, it becomes your foundation on which you can build everything, especially especially the way that you think. So no matter how you feel, no matter what you're told by somebody else, you can come back to this objective truth of what God says about you and you can center you based upon what God says about you. So God's truth, you gotta understand this, God's truth, his objective truth, it has not and it will not ever change. It is always true about you and for you, no matter what is going on around you or what people say to you. Now. In our culture today, it's very common to hear people refer to something as, well, my truth. And I understand where they're coming from. But whenever they're saying my truth, what they're basically saying is, in my experience or in my opinion. But I want to tell you something. My truth is subjective truth. Because while it may be true for me, it is not necessarily true for you. It's kind of like the weather. You're in Florida talking to a family member in the north somewhere, and they say, oh, it's cold and snowing. And you go, oh, it's nice and sunny. And they go, oh, no, it's not. It is cold and snowing. And you go, oh, no, it's nice and sunny. You see how that works? So here's the thing. If all you have is to build your life on subjective truth, your truth, you're going to lose the war in your mind because you're not going to know what's really real. You know what's going to what? What is the foundational uh, to build? Or what's foundational to build your life on? 
Because see, here's the thing. If you build your life on subjective truth, you won't have anything dependable. You'll have no firm foundation to fight the lies that we all tend to believe that we need to tear down. And that's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said these words. He says, I am the way and the truth. He was referring to objective truth. This is truth for all time, for all people, for all places. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So the only way that you can defeat the lies that get embedded in your brain is to replace them with God's truth because the truth will make you free. In fact, Jesus said it this way, you will know the truth. That is the beginning. That's the foundation. You'll know the truth. It's objective truth. That becomes the foundation for what God says about you and God says to you. And he says, once you understand that truth and you own that truth, then guess what will happen? The truth will make you free. But you have to understand, a lot of us, we try to find freedom before we build our life on objective truth, on God's truth for our lives. Does that make sense? Because see, a lot of we wanna build our lives on my truth, but then we still wanna find freedom. And Jesus says, no, you gotta know the truth, and then the truth will make you free. So let me ask you a question that we're all, probably all wondering, and that is this. If what Jesus said is true, why do so few of us feel free? I mean, if it's really true that if we know this truth, the truth will make us free, then shouldn't those of us who are followers of Jesus not have to deal with all these battles that are going on in our brains? Like, why haven't we been able to win the war in our minds? And here's why. Because there is a big difference between being free and knowing how to be free. Let me, let me help you illustrate this by telling you a story on myself here. I had a slightly embarrassing moment a couple weeks ago. And uh, one morning I was meeting with a businessman in his office. And when the meeting was over, I get up to leave and the door is shut. So I take the handle and I turn it and I push and the door doesn't open. So guess what I do? I mean, I'm type A kind of person. I push a little harder. And he's watching this and he looks at me and he just kind of smirkingly said, it swings in just like it did when you came in. <laughs> and we both laugh, but as I'm walking out of his office, I'm thinking, Paul, you're such an idiot. You know, you don't even know how to open a door. You know, it's like pushing harder is not going to open that door. Here's the reality. That's some of your lives mentally. Some of you are living in mental prisons and you're losing the war in your mind because you're convinced the door to freedom isn't working or you're trying to work it the wrong way and, and you think things, therefore, I can't change or this is just how it's always gonna be or this is just me. But the truth is the door to freedom, it absolutely is available to you. you you're just trying to get free the, very, the wrong way, just like I was trying to get out that door the wrong way. There is a way out and that's what we're going to learn today. Many of you, you just haven't tried it. You have not implemented it. So what is the way out? Well, the way out is this is to renew your mind by training your mind. And if you're taking notes, make sure if you write this down, underline the word training. This is so important. You have to renew your mind by training your mind to think differently than the way that you have naturally thought. In fact, I was having lunch with a guy this past week that I've been mentoring on this whole process. And he says, as I'm working on this, he says, I feel like I'm a completely different person. 
We're going to see why today he's feeling like a completely different person. He goes, I don't even know myself anymore. I don't feel like I really know myself anymore. See, I, I don't know if you've ever given much thought to this whole thing of training your mind. Some of you, you've given a lot of thought and you've given a lot of time to training your body. Well, the truth is training your mind, it's a whole lot like training your body. You have to focus on what you do with it, but you also have to focus on what you put into it. So today what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at two little sections from two of the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to Christ followers in Rome and then also in Philippi to help us understand how to win the war in our minds and experience that transformation that can come through training. So if you got your Bibles, I would love for you to follow along and make sure you're highlighting these verses, underlining these verses, um, because in these verses, we're going to look at how God wants to renew your mind from those destructive thinking patterns. So I want you to look with me at Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse two. Now keep that place marked because we're gonna just go through part of that verse and then we're gonna look at a passage in Philippians and then come back to this verse. So look with me at Romans chapter 12, verse two, and notice what the Apostle Paul says. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Now, let me just kind of help you understand what he's saying. He's, he's using kind of a construction picture here, imagery here. In other words, we've all seen people who have taken wood and they formed up frames for like patios or sidewalks. And then once they have that formed and in place, they pour concrete inside those wood frames and the concrete then takes the shape or the form of the wood, right? So that's what he's saying. So the apostle Paul is saying, listen, don't continue to allow yourself to be formed or be poured into this mold that has been formed by the world's way of thinking. And I just wanna say that that is so hard to do in this world because the world's words, the world's images, what they project through media, it's, it's, it's forming patterns of thinking. And so this world's patterns of thinking, and this is why we don't realize it's so dangerous, they are formed by our enemy, Satan. And his goal is to destroy you and to get you to believe lies about you. So the apostle Paul says, don't just let your life be formed by the lies that reflect the patterns of this world that somebody else has established, which is Satan who absolutely hates you. He's came into this world or he comes into this world to kill, steal and destroy. He hates you. He despises you. So he says, don't just keep letting yourself get being put in this world's mold. Now, the next part of this verse is very, very interesting because in the original writing, the next part of this verse is a command, which is the Apostle Paul's way of saying, hey, this is so important, I'm giving it to you as a command. Notice what he says next. He says, do not conform any longer, meaning that we were conforming. We were just going along, watching media, listening to media, see, seeing media, you know, letting all this stuff come in our minds, and, and we're just being conformed to that pattern. He says, so don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but, then he gives us this command, be transformed. Now, here's the thing. We all want that transformed life. None of us want that life that is experienced the outcome of those devastating thinking patterns. But here's the thing you have to understand about this transformation. And this is why we said, if you wanna transform life, you have to renew your mind by training your mind. This word transform, 
we get a transliteration of this word from the original language called, and it's the word metamorphosis. You've heard about that, right? It's a metamorphosis. It's what? A caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. It's a metamorphosis. It's a total transformation. And God says, I want that kind of transformation for your life. That's what winning the war in your mind can do for you. And that's why this young man was sitting at this table and he's saying, I don't even know myself anymore. I don't even understand. I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the same way. And you know why? Because God wants to create such a transformation through the truth of his word that you look back and go, I can't believe I used to think that. I can't believe that I used to let that drive me. I can't believe I used to believe that about me or other people. God wants a transformation. So how do you experience this incredible, spiritual, life-giving, I live life full of joy and abundance. I'm not under stress and worry. Oh, I experience stress, but I'm not all filled with anxiety. I'm not always on edge. I'm not guarded all the time. How do I experience that? He tells us in this verse, he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this last part, by the renewing of your mind, is the part that most of us don't get. Listen, a transformed life, it comes from a renewed mind. Don't miss that. A transformed life, it comes from a renewed mind. See, many of us, we, we thought that transformation was a result of working on our weaknesses. Like, if I could just work harder on my weaknesses, if I could just improve that. But here's the thing, just working on our weaknesses does not result in a transformed life. It only improves the old you. And then you think you have to work harder and harder and harder. And after a while, you get yourself in this spin cycle. So the transformation that God wants to bring about in our life, it doesn't happen through self-effort or through self-improvement. God doesn't want you to be a better version of the old you. God wants you to be a transformed new creation. And you don't have the strength to do that on your own. And many of you, this is where we've got messed up in church world. We thought we could do a better version of the old us and we would experience the life of abundance that God came to give us. He says, no, it's not through harder work. It's through renewing your mind. Now, others of us, we thought transformation was the result of committing our lives to follow Jesus. But I'm just gonna tell you, Committing our lives to follow Jesus is a great place to start. In fact, it is the beginning point to start to experience this transformation. But God doesn't want us to stop there. The method that he uses to fully transform us and to make us free is through the renewing of our minds. So how do you renew your mind? And I'm gonna tell you, renewing your mind is the hardest work you'll ever do in your life. In fact, the passage we looked at last week where the Apostle Paul said you need to take every thought into captivity, that idea of take every thought into captivity is not a just one and done kind of thing. It is over and over, sometimes 100 times a day, sometimes 500 times a day. You, you've got to take every thought into captivity. So how do you renew your mind? Well, in a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to followers of Jesus living in the city of Philippi, notice what he says here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Fix your thoughts. Now, the intentional meaning of this, but it's a play on words, is most of us, what's wrong with most of our lives is our thoughts are broken. 
So we need to fix our thoughts. That's not his original application or, in, or meaning for this. But he, here's what he's saying is you, you, need to, you need to fix your thoughts. But then let's change it to what he's really talking about. He says, I want you to focus your thoughts. Another way of saying fixing your thought is to train your mind. In other words, he says, you need to be very intentional about what you think. You need to be very intentional about what you think. The Apostle Paul says, you need to take and train your mind to take every thought and bring it into captivity and choose what thought you're going to keep and choose what thought you're going to throw out, saying that's a lie. And then after you start realizing that's a lie, you say, okay, then I've got to create some new neural pathways. I've got, to, I've got to create some new roads, new ways of thinking in my mind. So what kind of new neural pathways do you build? How do we train our minds to think? What do we train them to think? Well, look at the last part of verse 8. He says, fix your thoughts. And what are you to fix your thoughts on? What is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable? Think about or meditate on. And we're going to talk about this word meditate in just a moment. You need to keep that in your mind. Just park that back for just a moment. He says, I want you to think about or meditate on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So I, again, we, we did kind of an audit of our thinking earlier. And most of us would go, man, my thoughts were not fixed on what was true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy this week. My thoughts were fixed on everything that was wrong or everything that could go wrong. Listen, the Apostle Paul is saying is if you want to break down the mental strongholds, the lies that you have built in your mind, he says you have to learn to train your mind with this whole skill of focusing your mind to stay focused on truth. In fact, for some of you, what it means is you, you need to set down some of that media for a while. In fact, this morning, I got up and I left the house and I, and I forgot my phone. I left it at my house. So, haha, nobody can call me. Um, but anyhow, so my wife, she shows up at church and she says, do you want me to go get it? I'm like, no, I'm a free man all day. She says, how long are you gonna be in meetings? I said, about five o'clock tonight. Whew, I got no phone calls. I'll go get your phone. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want you to get my phone. It's a free day. I'm renewing my mind. See, and some of you, you have to get to the place where you are so disconnected from your phone because she said to me, she said, you're doing that a lot. You're forgetting your phone a lot. I'm like, yeah, because I don't focus on my phone. I choose the media. I choose what goes in my mind. So you have to train your mind. Because here's the thing, your mind will never drift toward what's good and true and honorable and lovely, admirable, excellent and praiseworthy on your own. See, here, here's the thing. When your mind starts to drift, what does your mind normally start drifting toward? It's the negative, the lies, what could go wrong, the worst case scenario. It always drifts toward disaster, doesn't it? Especially in this season. Because I mean, that's how they sell media. It's is just amp you up a little bit more fear. And you think, if I watch one more video, then I'm gonna get the solution to how to get rid of this fear. And it just creates more fear. And then you go, if I watch one more podcast or listen to one more podcast, then I'm gonna get a solution how to deal with this fear. And it just creates more fear. And, and the Apostle Paul says, quit being conformed in that. They're just trying to get you to click on the next one and the next one. And it's just create more fear, worry, stress, anxiety. He says, no, you have to train your mind to focus on the truth. So let me give you two exercises to help you train your mind to focus on the truth that I, I promise you it will lead to renewing your mind and will make you free 
and I'm just gonna be real honest with you. Neither of these two things I'm gonna give you are gonna be easy. And, and you're not gonna necessarily see all the results tomorrow, but you'll start feeling the results and it'll make it so worth the training process. I will tell you this, training your mind is the hardest work you'll ever do in your life because it's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. Satan doesn't want you to train your mind. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, the longer you've had these strongholds, those lies in your mind, those false patterns of thinking, the longer it's going to take to get rid of all them and transform those, your mind. But by intentionally training your mind to focus on God's truth, I'm telling you, and leaning into God's divine power with God's help, you can renew your mind and you can be made free. You can be made free. So here's your first exercise. Everybody ready for your homework for this week? Here's the first one. Guard what goes in your mind. Guard what goes in your mind. Some of you this week, you need to just forget your phone at home. Show up at work and go, oh, I forgot my phone. Can you believe that? Um, here's the deal. So guard what goes in your mind. Listen, you have a lot of control of what you allow in your mind. But most of us, we're not paying attention to what goes in our mind. So you probably need to do like an audit this week of what you hear, of what you see, of what you read. You, you need to do an audit of what am I doing? Am I just clicking on the next video? Am I just clicking on the next podcast? Am I really controlling what I put in my mind? And let me just say this, if you're around people who reinforce the lies that you believed about yourself, that I'm not good enough and, and I'll never be good enough and I'll never measure up, stop being around those people or stop listening to them. If you gotta be around them, stop listening to them. Stop, start listening to the truth of what God says about you. Or, or if you're watching things or you're reading things or you're listening to things that are filling your mind up with fear, and many of you are, it's why you're always like, what's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next? And your mind's always drifting toward disaster or the next thing that could go wrong. Then you, you gotta stop allowing that stuff to go in your mind. For example, if you follow people on social media who trigger you and they make you compare yourself to them and you feel insecure or you feel inadequate, then stop following those people. Or are you listening to media and it's filling your mind with fear? Then quit tuning in to that media. Don't let anything in your mind that is going to reinforce what is not true. And I'm telling you, that would cut out most of the media. But don't let anything in your mind that is gonna reinforce what is not true about you and fill you with fear. So the first thing you need to do is you need to guard what goes in to your mind. No longer be conformed to the pattern of this world. So guard what goes in your mind. And then here's the second one. And I'm telling you, this is one I'm most passionate about as well. Um, you gotta battle the lies with truth. And, and when I talk about battle lies, the key is with truth. Don't just be on the defensive. Don't wait until you recognize a lie. Try to find the truth. Go on the offensive this week. And if you're reading the book, if you got through chapter two, you made the commitment to become a thought warrior. So how do you do that? Well, the apostle Paul says, you need to spend every day, remember this? He says, meditating, thinking on, and, and I, I want you to focus on the word, the idea of meditating, meditating on things that are excellent and meditating on things that are praiseworthy. So what that means is you wake up every day and you start your day by focusing on the truth of what God says about you. 
In fact, one of my favorite scriptures that just helps me remember like the value of battling the lies with truth is out of Psalms chapter one. This is like one of my life passages that I just go back to all the time. Psalms chapter one, verses one through three. I would encourage all of you to memorize this. This is so powerful. He says, blessed is the one, and he talks about who walketh not in the way of sinners or sitteth in the counsel of the ungodly. And many of you are walking in the way of sinners or um, sitting in the counsel of the ungodly because if you're listening to media, mainstream media, you're getting the counsel of the ungodly. And the more you sit and listen to mainstream media, the more you're gonna get the counsel of the ungodly. So the blessed says, blessed is the one who doesn't sit in the counsel of the ungodly. But, notice what he says, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. If somebody watched your life, would they consider you delighting in the counsel of the ungodly because of the way you watch mainstream media? Or would they say, oh, that person really delights in the law of the Lord because that's what they focus on and listen to the most. Which one would they look at to say that you delight in the most? So notice he says, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law. How often, everybody say it with me, all of our churches, how often do they do it? Day and night. Most of you are locked into mainstream media day and night, and you wonder why you're not experiencing blessing in your life, fruitfulness in your life. Notice what he goes on to say about the person who doesn't sit in the counsel of the ungodly, but they, they, they lock in on God's word as their source of, of, of truth. Notice what he says next about him. He says, that person is like, what are they like? Stressed out, filled with anxiety, all worried, Always expecting the next devastating thing. No, no, no. He says, no, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. You hear the music coming in now? It's all calm and nice. Like streams of living water. Every time I see this, I think of the pond. Melody and I, we have this pond where we live and we got these two chairs and when the time gets right, we can go back in the evening and it's just, or I can go back there early in the morning. It's just peaceful. That's the picture he's saying. It's like a tree that's just in this serene environment. No matter what's going on around, there can be chaos going around, but God promises that. Which yields its fruit in its season. You wonder why your life is not fruitful? Uh, you sit in the counsel of the ungodly, your mind is so filled with anxiety, stress, worry, fear, those things, you, you can't do what God has called you to do. Which yields its fruit in a season whose leaf does not wither. Some of you are like, oh, I just, I get so burnt out, I get so burnt out. Well, if you listen to the counsel of the ungodly, you're gonna burn out. But the person that delights in the law of the Lord, he says, uh, they don't burn out. Their leaf doesn't wither. Whatever they do, it prospers. And you go, so what is meditation? Meditation is simply focused thinking, fixing your thoughts on God's word in order to see the truth and then figure out how to apply it to your life. That's what meditation is. Meditation is focused thinking in order to see the truth about God's word and then how to apply it in my life. So meditating on God's word is not emptying my mind, it's filling my mind with truth. It's renewing my mind by training my mind to be fixed on truth. And the promise is, whoever does this, they, they prosper. Don't miss this. There are only two verses in scripture that promise we will prosper in whatever we do. Only two verses that have a promise that we will prosper in whatever we do. Here in Psalms chapter one and in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. But you know what always the premise to the promise is 
or what the prerequisite is to get that promise in both of these passages? Both of them, meditating on God's truth day and night. And here's why God says we'll prosper if we meditate on his word day and night instead of sitting in the counsel of the ungodly day and night. Because our minds will be filled with truth and a subjective truth. And so no matter what's going on around you, you can stay strong because you have the truth of God's word. It's foundational. So here's the thing. If you're struggling with insecurity, you need to start every day reading the truth that God loves you and that you're unconditionally loved by him and he accepts you and he will never reject you. He loves you just the way you are. He made you and he thinks that you are wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in his eyes. And he, Zephaniah says this, he sees you in the morning as you rise and he dances over you with delight. That's what he thinks of you. Or if you're struggling with being content, you start every day reminding yourself that you have just been blessed by God and been given more than you deserve. And the quality of your life, it does not have anything to do with the abundance of your possessions. Or if you struggle with being happy at your job, don't wake up and think, oh, it's gonna be another bad day. I gotta go to work. No, no, you wake up and you remember that work is a gift from God. Work was given to man before the curse even happened. It's a gift from God and you are where you are for a reason and for a purpose and you don't have to go to work. You get to go to work and you can be salt and light in your work and you can change it by being a follower of Jesus Christ through the fruit of the spirit. So you read the truth from God's word every day and then you write down that main truth that sticks out to you and you keep it in front of you and you read it all through that day and you accept it as truth and you trust God to change you, to transform you, metamorphose you. Because see, God wants to do more than just change you. He wants to transform you by the renewing of your mind. And you ask, how do you know this is gonna happen? Well, look back at Romans chapter two, the last part of the verse. He says, then once you learn how to fix your mind, once you train your mind to think on whatever's true and lovely and virtuous and praiseworthy, he says, once you've done that, because you weren't able to do that, he says, then you will be able, because you weren't able to do it, but now you are. He says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I don't want you to miss this. He says, whenever you renew your mind by the training of your mind on God's truth, then you start taking every thought into captivity. He says, then you will be able to begin to test. You'll be able to test every thought that comes in your mind because you got God's truth to, to measure it by. And you'll know which thoughts are destructive, which ones are transforming from God, which ones are life-changing, which ones are gonna take you down a dark path. He says, so you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, which means there will be there something, there will, there will be something, and really that something is the divine power of God's truth that you're gonna hear, or you're gonna see something, and you're gonna go, oh, that is God's truth to me. That makes just sense. Of course it is, because you know God's truth. And it's gonna be very different in the world, but it's gonna be what God says. And it'll be very clear to you that this is what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. And I'm telling you, this can happen to you. In fact, this is, a this is part of a text from a young man that I have been mentoring through this kind of process in his own life. This was his text to me this week. He says, I want you to know that cool things are happening for me. My quiet time has been extremely fruitful. God is constantly encouraging me and reminding me that I have not, I'm not done learning, that I haven't reached my peak. 
the cool part is how I'm seeing scripture now. It's like I can see more layers deeper. That's how I feel about scripture now. Like I have a new skill, a new weapon. See, that's why training your mind to be fixed on God's truth matters so much. Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you don't train your mind to control what you think, you'll never control what you do. So renew your mind by meditating on God's truth. Fix your mind on what is true, what's admirable, what's excellent, what's praiseworthy. Meditate on such things and you cannot do that by sitting in the counsel of the ungodly 24-7. So focus your mind on truth. And the apostle Paul says, you're going to experience, I mean, you're gonna experience something to be on you. So this week, let me just kind of give them to you as we close out. The first thing you need to be doing, as we can put it up here, is you need to guard what goes in your mind. You need to guard what goes in your mind and you need to battle the lies with truth by meditating on God's word daily. And I'm telling you, if you don't know how to do this, then join us today at all of our campuses today at 12 noon. We will have lunch and childcare available for you. So even if you haven't planned for it, because we will teach you how to meditate on God's word daily so that you can do that. So 12 o'clock today, we'd love to have you. And if you're an overachiever, read chapters four through six and do the exercises this week. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your incredible goodness to us. Thank you that you love us enough to teach us truth. I pray now that you will give us the courage to be thought warriors to say, I, I'm not just gonna be conformed to the pattern of this world anymore, but I am gonna do the hard work of training my mind. And God, I thank you that it's possible because we have your divine power to help us to do that. So Lord, today, uh, we just ask that your Holy Spirit will begin to help us um, moment by moment to resist sitting in the council of the ungodly and thinking that, the next video or the next podcast or the next thing that we read is gonna somehow relieve our fear and our anxiety and stress. Instead, help us to be reminded um, yeah, it's the truth of God's word. So that no matter what's going on in this world, our world will be like a tree planted by the streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf will not wither. And whatever we do will prosper. God, we all want that. But help us to begin this week to live the premise, the prerequisite, and that is meditating on your word day and night. May our delight be in your truth. And God, I know that when it is, we'll be delighted with the transformation that your truth will bring. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks for that. Amen. Everyone, thanks so much for being with us today. Have a great week training your mind.